One, two, three, four. Welcome back. It's the Spoils of Akron podcast. Chris and Cody in house today with the Akron Adventures. The Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. So pa. Welcome to the Spoils of Akron podcast <laughs> featuring the art, culture, and eccentric residents of the Rubber City. You were close. Hi, Cody. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> I'm a little tangled up here. I know. What's going on over there? Ukulele. Chris is... Chris was playing the ukulele for the uh, intro song, and um, I he just kind of got all tangled up real fast. I don't really know what happened there. There's a certain sequence I have to put my headphones <laughs> and the ukulele on, and I... He did I, not uh, do that, apparently. Yes, I didn't follow that sequence <laughs> to very, very negative I get outcomes. <laughs> so uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us this week, this beautiful afternoon. Beautiful. It's like 70 degrees. We finally. deserve it. I'm telling I, you. I, I'm wondering if spring is really here, if it's just kind of an illusion. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. That's yep. right. So we have here uh, two wonderful guests from the Akron Adventures podcast. With us today is Julie Drew and Casey Shevlin. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for coming on. Hi. Round of applause. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so the Akron Adventures podcast is a podcast uh, for young audience, right? Yes. Yes. And. Yes. Oh, go ahead. And no. Julie, go ahead and let us know, like, what, what's the podcast about and, and how did this all start? Uh, yeah, so The Akron Adventures is a podcast that we write for a middle grade audience, and that's basically 8 to 12-year-olds. Um, so thinking about late elementary through middle school, you know, brushing right up against the teen years. Uh, and we came up with the idea, I guess, what, Casey, maybe six, eight months ago? Yeah, it was just, I guess, last, the end, tail end of last summer. Right. Um, when we sort of came up with the idea, and our third partner isn't here, but um, Marlia and Julie and I sort of started thinking about doing some creative work together, and um, podcasts had sort of reached their, you know, popular maybe not their peak but had become really really popular by that time and um as we were thinking about what kind of creative project we were going to do together we knew it would be fiction it'd be storytelling and you know we just sort of settled on podcasting as a medium pretty quickly actually yeah i think so and one of the one of the big pieces for us in that was that uh we were listening to a lot of podcasts ourselves uh, but in sort of looking around, we saw very few podcasts that were deliberately created for kids. Mm. Uh, and the ones that were available were, you know, science related, mm -hmm. uh, you know, making history fun, that kind of thing. And those are great, but we didn't see any real original fiction. Uh, so we thought that's where we want to go. Yeah. And there were a few, or there are quite a few now that are very similar to ours in terms of the um, serial storytelling structure. Um, but back then there were a few sort of uh, one-off episodes of, mm -hmm. of storytelling. Um, uh, you know, each episode would sort of be its own, um, own story and the next one would pick up maybe on a, a different story, different topic. And so we were really interested in that kind of you know, serial storytelling across a season. Each episode kind of furthers the thread a little bit. Yeah, and so each season is a different story. And you're in season one still, correct? 
Finished season one. Finished season one. Okay. Yeah. 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 Season one is complete and available in its entirety. Okay. And, <laughs> um, and, and the mystery's been solved. We don't have to spoil it here, right? Yeah. But, we've got we've got a recurring um, cast of four best friends who are eleven, and they solved the first season mystery that okay. presented itself. And season two picks up a couple of months later in their lives, and they stumble upon something completely different. Okay, and you have young actors then who who do the do these voices? Are they voiced by adults? No, we we do actually, all of it. We do all oh, of that's it. That's cool. Okay. We, yeah, we we talked about you know obviously how we wanted our podcast to sound, and based on our own preferences with podcasts, we decided that we didn't want a dramatization. Um, we preferred something that was uh, a narrative with the sound effects and sort of music layered in to add those extra elements. Um, but we, we, yeah, we don't have kid actors yeah. and. Yeah, I think there, well, I think another sort of added layer to why we went that narrative route or narrated route rather is I think there's something really appealing of having someone tell you a story you know we we really sort of liked that aspect of what we were doing um we had at the time been you know reading a lot about podcasts for kids kid casts and um i don't know i just i really liked the idea of of having someone you know read you the story or tell you the story rather um there was an an article we had read shortly before we sort of started producing it i think it was a new york times article and it was it was uh the title was The New Bedtime Story is a Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And so we were, we just kind of jumped on on that theme <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people like being read to. It's an mm-hmm. activity that happens when we're children, and adults don't get read too much. So I think that's why books on tape are popular, or they yeah. used to be called books on tape, but audiobooks are <laughs> right. so popular. And, and why I like podcasts and why we're able to get away with an hour-long piece of media that people are still going to consume is you can do other things while you're listening to this. Yeah, you can exactly. Listen in the car. You can listen in bed. Right. You can clean the house. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm cleaning the house. Um, though twice a year that I. Do. <laughs> I was going to say, how often does that happen, Chris? <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't say that. I'm a, I'm a tidy, hygienic person. That's what Cody tries to tell me. So, um, so where, where did the idea come from? Was it a group? decision or did one person get a brainstorm um i guess it was yeah it was a group decision um we it was on the tail end of uh the the local akron mystery that sort of inspired um our story for season one which is the schneider park um that bit of history about the the bodies under schneider park mm-hmm. okay <laughs> is that i don't know if i'm uh telling a story that you both know or i actually don't know this story i don't know it well i have heard of it but i don't know necessarily the details do you have do you have the details that you can <laughs> show, tell us um, <laughs> very summary uh details and <laughs> with the caveat that there are probably a lot of people locally who know the story much better than i do but um <laughs> Um, yeah, essentially uh, where Schneider Park is in West Akron, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's now a park. Um, you know, kids play soccer there. People are always walking their dogs there. It's a sort of popular um, local spot in West Akron. But um, 
it was, you know, over 100 years ago, sort of on uh, the property that was the Summit County Poorhouse, um, or that was its name colloquially. And um, <laughs> the 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 poorhouse, the 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 it, they called them inmates, but the the folks that were sort of residents there at the poorhouse, obviously, eventually, um, you know, got old and um, died. And what they did with the bodies is they needed a place to put them. A lot of the people that were there were very very poor, um, sort of destitute, and they were essentially buried in a kind of potter's field um, on the property. Uh, and I guess locally, that's uh, kind of became maybe a little bit uh, forgotten or not everybody mm-hmm. knows that uh, that story, uh, that the bodies were there or that the potter's field was there. And so that was sort of the inspiration for our story was this kind of local um, bit of history that we wanted to to play on a little bit with the kids, maybe okay. stumbling upon a bone, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and where did this come from? How did this get here? And, and I'm sure that gets uh, the attention of your listeners much more than like a, a history or a you know a math podcast would or, or something <laughs> like that. So right. that's well, pretty this, pretty cool. Yeah, the yeah. story had come back into the fore um, recently because uh, one of the archaeology professors at the University of Akron, uh, Dr. Tim Matney, uh, had some of his students do some field work there. They got permission from the city, and they have aerial photographs where you can actually see, because the grass grows differently, over the grave-sized mounds that are all over the park, and you can <laughs> That's tell so where, <laughs> where the people are buried. I have, like, goosebumps right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and so it sort of was brought back out because they were doing some work there, and the Beacon Journal ran a story and photographs from mm-hmm. 100 wow. years ago, and so people were sort of made aware of it again, and yeah. we thought... This is the perfect story for us to kick off this podcast. Our kids will, you know, this actually happened and the bodies mm-hmm. are buried there, but then we fictionalized it, of course. So right. an 11-year-old didn't actually <laughs> yeah. stumble upon a human tibia <laughs> yeah. in the park um, and have that discovered for the first time. But that's, that's what we did in the story. If wow. you look back in, in Beacon, in the Beacon articles too, you know, every... I think even back a few years before sort of the more recent um, Akron U involvement with the archaeologists, um, if you look back further, there are articles too. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, in preparing for season one, we're sort of looking through the Beacon's, um, you know, archived articles and trying to learn more about the story and the park and all of that. Yeah, I like how you you wove into it uh, real history of Akron. So they actually are, um, you know, the young people are learning about history uh, in an inadvertent way and do you uh, uh is this going to be a theme for your other seasons are they all going to be mysteries like this i mean do you have do you have your second season mapped out yet yeah yeah we uh <laughs> the, yes we're thinking of akron adventures is a, a mystery podcast mm-hmm. um and so each season is kind of its own mystery um, and so, you know, that was season one, um, and now we're writing currently um, season two, and it'll be um, a totally different mystery, uh, but we're, you know, we're sort of set on each season will be, at, you know, inspired by, you know, 
places here in Akron that everyone, you know, is familiar with, or it might be an, an event or a, a bit of, you know, local history. Um, but, you know, e- each season will be imbued somehow with, you know, something Akron. Hmm. And, and Julie, you're a professor at University of Akron, yes. which I should note. And, and Casey, um, you work for Women's Network, a local nonprofit, correct? Yes. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, and unlike our podcast here, you actually put time into writing it, <laughs> sound effects, you know, it's performed. We just sort of turn on our microphones and record it every Sometimes week. I wish we had a button with sound effects that yes. I could push whenever Chris makes a funny sound. Yeah, it's or up to Chris you. Does. you. You need to get that. I can't. <laughs> it's too much work. We, we need to send you to sound effects school yeah. so you can learn. I should go take a class. It's called Foley, Foley Sound Design. <laughs> I'll get that ready for next okay, week. Okay, great. Um, so, so what what's the process like for each episode? So, you know, you you write them out, you script them, and then um, Marla records them. Marlia. Marlia. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, so explain a little bit about what that process is like for each episode. Well, we uh, we all have a background in in. Uh, in academics. Casey and Marlia um, both have master's degrees in English. Uh, and so the three of us are writers, and um, we knew that we wanted to make audio dramas, right? So we're, so we're writing fiction, even though it's based in sort of local events and histories. Um, and so we, as a collaborative, as a collaborative project, um, we decide on a sort of central idea for the season and um, a location, and one of us will sort of sketch out uh, like six episodes. Uh, here's what the mystery will be. Here's how the rising action will go. By the time we get to season five, this has been resolved. Drama, drama, drama. Okay. Boom, everything <laughs> falls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> no. Um, so so we sort of figure that out, and then we start drafting, and we take different episodes, and then we pass them around. And uh, Casey, you'll jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like by the time we are have finalized the the script for an episode, and indeed for the season, I cannot remember who began <laughs> writing yeah. what because it it we really do pass it around so much we put a lot of hours in and the script is truly written by all three of us great yeah it's yeah. A good, it, it's a good to be collaborative like that and and it's especially i think really beneficial to have three writers in on staff yeah. too mm-hmm. so yeah it is it uh i feel like it gives me peace of mind that i always have two other people sort of you know their eyes on what I've written and you know it's a very collaborative and circular process I would say we spend more times once we have sort of the initial drafts done of of each episode sort of your 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 first kind of maybe uh, better than a rough draft but your first solid uh, draft of the episodes from there I feel like the revision process takes even longer you know much long maybe double the time that that initial sort of first push to get words on the page took right Um, and we go around and around (laughs) on the revisions we each sort of um, 
do the revising and then you know I'll pass it to the next person to do some mm-hmm. more revising and, and so forth and then once we record and listen to what we think was you know the finalized script for episode one say we listen to it and think oh actually you know um, this 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 and this um, are not translating the way we anticipated to, to audio and so we need to go back to the page and, and work that out a bit. So it's, yeah, it's the revision process is kind of circular and um, it, it's a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah. And that's really interesting to me, actually. It, there's a, we're all pretty accomplished writers. We've, you know, written a lot in our mm-hmm. professional lives. And there's such a learning curve here that is is humbling and exciting because writing for the page is a very different thing mm-hmm. than writing for audio and we're learning that as we go yeah for for theater of the mind which is a lot different than than watching you know writing a script for uh live performance or television because you can rely on some visual cues to help tell the story with with just an audio piece you you really have to be have strong dialogue and sound effects and then you're right some things may not translate well that you might have thought before right would and and julie you're, you're uh, no stranger to children's literature and to writing because i saw that in your bio that you're an author of books and and so what are how does this compare to some of your other work that you've done um, the, my intended audience is younger, um, than for, for the Akron Adventures than anything that I've written before. Um, I've got a couple of novels that I've published and the most recent was a young adult trilogy, um, sort of a sci-fi thriller, um, kind of piece, um, <laughs> with a, you know, spunky young heroine <laughs> and uh and that was a lot of fun uh and I and I really enjoyed it and felt like I want to do more with and for a younger readership um I felt like I kind of stumbled into it and uh enjoyed it so much and you know I work with um with young writers uh and my day job as well uh, who are oftentimes teenagers, and so I, I like the younger, younger audience. It's it's challenging and has some special rewards in my mind as well. In some of the most popular books throughout history, have been young uh, fiction for for young readers too. So I think right. it even transcends into adults reading oh, a lot of this stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we think of it a little bit differently now because we've got the YA tag. Um, as if that's a genre, but of course it's a marketing category. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, classic. There are many titles of classic literature that you know are firmly in the canon that are about young people, young protagonists. You know, journey to maturation, etc. So yeah, that's definitely nothing new. Sure. And and Casey, um, what, how does your background inform <laughs> what you're doing now? Have you written any other? Uh content for for children or young people no so the writing that I've done in the past has been uh, a a kind of very academic setting Um, and so uh, articles or essays that would uh, be better fitted for uh, a a journal of some kind Um, so uh, my my schooling though you know my I I would be reading a lot of you know what you're describing books that um if they were written today you know would be you know very aligned and um included in sort of the genre I guess we'll say of you know children's lit 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I've never before this done a project quite like this that was writing for children, but, um, a voracious reader myself of, you know, middle grade and, and YA lit. It's, a uh, you know, I've just always been drawn to it. I think Marlia and Julie feel the same. It's kind of, a um, you know, it just, it, it's a, a genre that you sort of experience yourself during your formative years, perhaps. And, you know, reading it, you know, later in life, it, it calls you back to those sort of um, important memories and formative memories and times where you made, you know, decisions that, you know, later stuck with you. So I think there's a lot um, of nostalgia in it just for, for me. But um, I've always been, yeah, really drawn to it. And this is probably much more interesting than writing an academic paper <laughs> or something that's research-based. It sounds like it's, you know, it's probably a lot of the process. Even though it's a lot of work, I'm sure the outcome is very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, There's quite a bit more fun involved sure. <laughs> in, in, in this project. Right. And, and you said, you mentioned earlier that you do listen to other similar podcasts. What are some other podcasts you're inspired by to do this project? Well, I think, I, I, I don't know how familiar you both are with um, kids' podcasts that are, are similar to ours, but I think Mars Patel is really killing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Worth, a, worth a listen, definitely. Okay. I think The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is really good as Finn well. Finn Caspian is really good. Um, there is a new one that I think they, or their or Gen Z, which is what their parent company, yeah, they're um, has Snow Day out. equivalent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Snow Day Productions equivalent. Sure, and um, Snow Day Productions for those out there is the name of your overarching production company. Yes, okay. exactly. Because mm-hmm. we will eventually have more than just the Akron Adventures in terms of our content offerings. Great. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, Finn Caspian, Mars Patel, um, Six Seconds is new, and it's really exciting. It's very different. Uh, and seems to be going almost over the line into young adult. Although I think their characters are still like 12 yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, but it's got a different feel to it. It's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're doing a great job. Great. Okay. In, in Snow Day Productions that you just mentioned, is this – so was Snow Day created first and then Akron Adventures kind of – created off of that or was it the opposite because you mentioned wanting to bring more content in so I'm just kind of curious as to what types of content you're looking to start you know bringing back bringing into that brand um so snow day productions did come first okay yes um we knew we were going to do a podcast but we hadn't decided what it would be yet and um we formed a an LLC and named it Snow Day Productions, so we've got that (laughs) in place. Um, We went with middle grade, we settled on the Akron Adventures, started rolling with that. Um, We have another podcast, which we haven't decided yet, if it will be sort of the uh, podcast equivalent of a mini-series. So something in maybe eight parts and then done, or if it will go on beyond that. Uh, we have a script for it. That's for a younger age group, probably five to eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is for young kids. Um, and we've talked about other things as well. We've got a couple of 
novels that were sketched out that we were thinking about um, maybe turning into young adult serial podcast, which we're that's like down the road. But yeah, so we have we have a lot of material. Um, sort of on back burners um, <laughs> that's beyond just the idea stage. We do have some writing done there, but it hasn't specifically been done for a podcast yet. And, and I noticed I went to your SoundCloud account and you had a, a really significant number of listens for each episode. So you've obviously found an engaged audience out there. How, how did you find your audience? Did, was it tough to figure out... Who your listeners are and to reach them i mean did you have a marketing strategy was it luck was it friends of friends i Can feel we like we're yes still figuring out everything and yeah. emphasis on stumbling upon yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's challenging uh i would say um obviously we have sort of hit up everybody we know saying we're doing this thing check it out um you know, we know a lot of people with young kids um, who know people with young kids. <laughs> um, you know, we've utilized our our personal social media accounts to try to get the word out. Um, podcasts are an easy thing to sell to listeners, depending on who, how many people you can reach, because they're free. Right. So, you know, hey, click here and just listen to this thing that we made. Um, and if you like it, listen to the next one, leave us a review. You know, that's, that's easy enough to do. Um, so the challenge then is reaching beyond the people you already have access to to get that message across. Um, yeah, so yeah. We're, we, we keep working at it, chipping okay. away. Yeah, and it's, it's a gradual process. And we, Absolutely. we've um, been through the same kind of journey. We start off by sharing our personal mm -hmm. accounts. And mm -hmm. we find that sometimes depending on who's on they can share with their networks and it's the the kind of the kind of format we do where we bring in different people each week helps to expand our reach just a little bit which right. is nice um and sometimes it's very rewarding to hear someone say i just started listening to the podcast and i'm like i'm going back and listen to the archive all the way oh. up i'm like wow you are a champion <laughs> i don't even know if i i know sometimes we're I like remember please don't to to <laughs> yeah. episode one compared to now is <laughs> It's quite a it's been a long sound journey and, and talent. <laughs> so my, my ukulele playing's gotten a lot better since then. Uh, although not great, still better. Um, so so tell us a little bit about yourselves. I was talking to you before the interview, and I know Casey, uh, you're from the New York area, mm -hmm. and you told me you went to um, your undergrad in Boston. Mm-hmm. And you've got your master's degree here. And, and you said something that was very, I, I thought, um, very affirming of our love of Akron. And you, you said you lived in San Antonio, but you preferred Akron and you decided to, to live here. So tell me a little bit about that and what, what attracts you to staying in Akron, working in Akron. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a transplant here. Um, so not from here and have... Uh, lived in qu actually quite a few places other than Akron. Um, but yeah, most recently I had been down in South Texas in San Antonio um, and came back. <laughs> and I don't, uh, I don't know that I would describe Akron maybe any differently than um, anyone who has lived here their whole life, but 
I mean, it's just a cool city. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, the size of it, um, you know, geographically and, and also in terms of, um, you know, population is like the, you know, Goldilocks. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's the right size and anything you do here has a chance to make an impact, you know, versus, you know, I grew up in New York and, um, you know, if we were doing this there, it might get pretty lost in the shuffle of things that everyone's doing. So um, I think the size of it is is just right and appealing. I think there's a really cool entrepreneurial spirit here that is uniquely Akron and just sort of community based instead of oddly, you know, competitive, which it, it could be other places. So yeah, I, I just have always loved it here. Um, everyone seems to know each other. Everyone is more than happy to help each other with whatever it is that you know they're doing. And uh, I think that speaks to how much everyone here cares about Akron and you know wants the city to be to be great. So yeah, I'm uh, I've been persuaded <laughs> staying. As a lifelong Akronite, um, we used to say here that there's one of everything. <laughs> Now I think there, there are more. There, there are more than one of everything, which is good. It's a sign of progress. And, and one thing I've always liked to tell people, and I've heard this, this saying before too, um, Akron is small enough to get things done yeah. and big enough to get things done. So it's small mm, enough to like make a mark, mm-hmm. and it's large enough to where if you have a great idea, it'll right. make some sort of impact. So yeah. it's a, you know, it goes into that, what you're saying about being a right-sized city. So, so Julie, how long have you been an Akronite? I moved here 21 years ago okay. uh, for the job. I'm mm-hmm. from Florida originally, um, and there was some weather culture shock for <laughs> a couple of years. It's um, probably still happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, actu- I'm actually okay now. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. The, uh, for the first few years, I literally put long johns on in October, and <laughs> they did not come off until May. It was, it was rough going. Um, but yeah, the Akron is is amazing. It's impossible for me to imagine living anywhere else at this point. Um, it's uh, it's architecturally and topographically beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a, a little bit of a thing for for architecture <laughs> and. There are some gorgeous buildings here, from the Deco stuff downtown to, um, you know, the stuff in West Akron, the individual homes, you know, built by the folks who were putting Stan Hewitt up. Um, you know, there's just a lot of beauty. Um, the park system is such a gift. Uh, you know, the Cuyahoga Valley. So just absolutely love it. Um, and just to echo some of the things that Casey touched on. Um, there's such a collaborative spirit in the people in Akron. Uh, yeah, I just feel really lucky to have landed here because it was, it was pure accident. And, and I think it's still a well kept secret. You know, people mm-hmm. outside of Akron or yeah. other states probably think of this as cornfields mm-hmm. or right. Amish people or whatever. <laughs> I certainly the did. Stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's understandable. I mean, you know, when I think of Iowa, I, that's what I think of. So <laughs> right. I'm sure there's an Akron esque type of city in Iowa that I'm totally missing out on. <laughs> but that's all right. We have enough here to keep us busy, right? Right, Cody. I I think that we do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> So, so how, how did all of you meet up? Did you just, uh, did you, were your colleagues in a, another project or? 
Uh, Marlia and I did our masters together. Um, okay. We were uh, grad fellows at UA. Mm -hmm. um, this is, I guess, five or six years ago now that we um, finished up. But we um, are, you know, separate from that, very good friends and have kept in touch and have done writers groups together um, in the past as well. And so we, you know, had been. Um, in the mindset already of doing creative work when this kind of um, fell into place together. Okay. And and are you as dismayed as I am about the state of grammar and spelling, especially on social media? I mean, being English <laughs> students and, and professors and writers, and I mean, are you as <laughs> perturbed? Um, I might shock you by yeah. saying no. 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 Okay. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Huh. That's an interesting thought to hear from an English major, right? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, the common usage is kind of what we're seeing, you know, with emojis and shortened <laughs> text speak. And that's those sure. things become common, commonly used. They become accept more acceptable. Yeah. And I think I think two two important things that you said there, which explain it for me, is that you're talking about a particular medium and you talked about what is common in that medium. Mm -hmm. So that's really all grammar is. Right. Grammar is descriptive, not prescriptive. So if you describe the way people communicate on Twitter, then everybody who's communicating that way is using a particular grammar that is specific to Twitter. And it works because they're communicating and understanding each other. That's a good point. I, I guess for me, it's more of a selfish thing. I, I think I spent all this time learning these rules of grammar. <laughs> Everyone else should follow them too. My, my daughter actually gets annoyed when I put punctuation in a text. <laughs> she says, stop punctuating your text. Like, I'm such like, a nerd, dad. It's a turnoff. Like, I don't even want to reply. So. <laughs> I am kind of a nerd, but that's okay. yeah. Proudly. And, and I um, back to the podcast thing, I really... Um, the one reason I like podcasts, is I feel like it is reawakened a certain aspect of storytelling we might have mm. lost, you know, uh, some time ago with the, you know, with the radio plays and the serial, the serial uh, audio plays. And, and I think it's really helped enhance, you know, storytelling and, and just sharing information. You know, I think it's a great format. Um, and I'm sure you agree that obviously if you spend this much time in it and like us, you're probably not professionally podcasters so you have other jobs and right. it would be nice to have that be a job you know we're working yes. toward that maybe yeah it's the dream we'll see yeah it would be nice i mean i it's it, of other medium of other of other mediums this is one of my preferred ones as i mentioned earlier because it's a little easier to produce i mean video is so time consuming and meticulous and you know what would take me 20 hours mm. for video if i'm working on an audio or podcast piece i can probably cut in half or a fourth of that time so I feel like it's more it's an efficient um, storytelling vehicle so um, are there any other uh, upcoming projects for snow day productions or anything else we should be on the lookout for I know we should be on the lookout for season two yes we don't have an exact date but I believe mm -hmm. we are anticipating uh, July release July. okay mm -hmm. and your site is snowdayproductions.com yes okay and that's where you can find out more about Akron Adventures you're also on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud yes right, right. yeah anywhere you find your podcasts you can find us 
Okay, Akron Adventures, um, snowdayproductions.com. Um, anything else you'd like to promote or anything else coming up that is exciting? <laughs> we have that problem sometimes, too. Um, yeah, I'm wrecking my brain here. What? Mm-hmm. Well, we still have some time. So we'll, okay. we'll very, very soon we'll go into talking about events, and then if something comes up, you know, let us know um, before we, we hit the record button again to stop the <laughs> podcast. So, um, Cody, anything coming up you'd like to talk about, my friend? Uh, let's see. Um, coming up shortly... Uh, I mentioned this last week, but I'll mention it again because it's so freaking cool, is uh, the Goat Derby at the winery at Wolf Creek, which is uh, the same day as the Kentucky Derby. It's May 5th. Um, We start, I think, at noon, I want to say. It could be earlier than that. I better check before I say that. Um, No, I guess it starts at noon. uh, And they race the goats at 1, 3, and 5 p.m. It's all for charity. And then uh, there will also be pygmy goats there, which you can take your picture with. Uh, and it's a free event. And the Swenson's food truck will be there and the Southern Thangs food truck. Uh, so it will be a really fun oh, that day. great. It's so fun. And um, that's Cinco de Mayo? It is on Cinco de Mayo this year. There will be like mint juleps. So it's this coming weekend? It's this coming weekend, yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> going to be really fun. I'm really excited for it. Um, and then I think that... I think just go with an improv is Thursday night this week at the Rialto um, for a workshop and a performance starts at 8 p.m. Doors open at 7 and it's $10 for both, which is a really cool deal um, that they're offering this time around. And the Rialto is just a beautiful, beautiful theater on Kimmel Boulevard. So if you haven't sure been there, is. you should really go check it out. Uh, I think that's all I have right this coming out week. So are tickets still available for that Goat Derby? Yeah, I'm, it's a free event, so okay. tickets are not required. But it's, you said it's going to be packed. It's so going to be packed. I will say that uh, it's we do like that thing on Eventbrite where you can like check in to say that you're mm-hmm. coming for the free. We don't actually check tickets. We already have 2,000 of those. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So carpool if you're coming because you okay. there will not be a place to park. I, I, I really want to go. Yeah, I, it's going to be – I mean, it'll be really awesome. I'm not, I don't think I'm working that day, so I'm going to – Go have some fun with the goats. I would go just for the <laughs> yeah. just for the pig. It, it's been yeah. a dream of mine to start a baby goat rescue. I, oh, no, <laughs> I swear. I just learned this about you. Yes, what? I don't talk about it much. But That's awesome, someday, Cody. That's so cool. Maybe we can start one. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we were talking about storytelling and mm-hmm. and you know the importance of it. And if you haven't been to a Petacucha, oh. right, right. um, I think it's the eleventh one is coming up mm-hmm. uh, next weekend, Friday, mm-hmm. May eleventh. And they do tend to sell out of yes, tickets. So I don't know if any are available, but um, it's an amazing event. I, I was a presenter at one of them in 2016. Oh, yeah, nice. they're great. I, I love yeah. Pachacucha. Mm-hmm. And yeah, XR friend Yoli will be speaking yes, at the this next one. one. Chris Horn will be speaking, who's a past guest. Yes, a couple he'll be times. there again. Uh, Double Strip uh, publisher. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. I yeah. totally agree. So yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one. And I'm going this Thursday to the On the Table uh, hey, event. I'll be there. Oh. Yeah. Uh, cool. 4 p.m. 4 p.m., yeah. Center. And yeah. I was going to yeah, I was gonna plug that, but yeah, great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm glad you're going. Um, <laughs> did you participate in the actual event last yeah. year? Yeah. Um, Women's Network was a, oh, I'm forgetting what the term was for us, but a, a super host, right? Super host. Was that it? 
you're either a host or a super host. Super yes. host, yeah. Yes. Women's super Network host. was a super host, and so we did um, several, I think, between 10 and 15 uh, different lunches and dinners we hosted. So, yeah, I'm very interested in hearing about how all that turned out. Excellent. Yeah, that's at the uh, Jonas Knight Center, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, tickets are still available. Um, I would go to, let's see... Uh, on the table Akron.com should have I think it has a link to the tickets um, if not just show up because <laughs> we'll, we're not going to turn people away um, but we're releasing uh, the report the the 75 page report a shorter <laughs> condensed report that's about 14 pages um, along with the link to the raw data so you can actually mm. get in and they've the researchers did this for every city that participated you basically go into this database and just customize the data and look through all of it so that's an important part of it is making all this information available it took a little longer than we had planned because we had 3600 surveys and i think around 2000 of them were handwritten surveys oh. so i think we <laughs> wow. broke the research company i really did i, <laughs> yeah. I they it just took a long time because um they had anticipated more digital uh surveys and to get a higher response rate we had people then and there just filling them out mm -hmm. wow. spot so we encouraged the paper surveys which led to a, a really uh, positive uh, outcome and really a lot of you know over 60 percent uh, survey uh, completion rate of those who participated That's astounding. which it is yeah it was it's very astounding and, and hmm. we're very happy about that we're also going to do on the table this year um, on October 3rd again so um, although we're announcing it Thursday. I think it's already been out there, out, out and about. So. If not, you heard it here first. If not, <laughs> we're the spoilers of Akron. Um, Wednesday uh, this week is the opening of the uh, grand opening of the Trailhead at Cascade Lofts, which is a cool new event space. And it's in the north side mm -hmm. district um, across the street from uh, Howard, across Howard Street from where. Uh, um, Luigi's and the Northside Marketplaces. So, and it's that is at um, 5 30 p.m., 5 to 8 p.m. Um, you can also still see the 24 juried photo exhibit, which yeah. our, our lovely co host Shane Wynn is responsible for. She killed it. She killed it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it it's was, a really amazing. She yeah. curated. Uh, pictures from each neighborhood. She also had, may, uh, did an exhibit. It's a room of just her work, uh, journalism work over the past 24 years. And there were really some interesting and unique uh, parts to that photo exhibit. Just go with it, as Cody mentioned. There are a number of these Jane wa Jane's Walk this week. Yeah, what is... Um, Jane's Walk is a... It's like a neighborhood tour. It's oh, a okay. model started by I was wondering someone. what that was. I, don't, I think it's a national thing. Um, but we have, we designate local tour guides. So there's one oh. um, on Friday at... Uh, before there was rubber, there were oats. And that's at <laughs> Cascade Locks Park <laughs> Association. Which is a great place, and the must. If you've if you've never been the to the Muscle, Muscle Store, Store, I'd highly yeah. recommend mm -hmm. it. There's a lot of history there. There might even be an Accurate Adventures storyline waiting to happen with our <laughs> canals and yeah. with the Muscle and and the locks. There's one on Kenmore, um, the same day on on uh, 5:30 p.m. on on Friday. Uh, Miller South Spring Art Show is Saturday at Ad Acrona Galleries at 2 p.m. That's also Cinco de Mayo. Um, so Cody will probably Busy have day. one too many margaritas this weekend. <laughs> That'll, that's probably true. I'll, <laughs> yes, that's probably very true. 
So thanks, thanks so much for joining us. Um, and and I checked out a couple episodes over the weekend. It's it's really well produced and entertaining. I think even if you're not of the target audience, you would still enjoy them. So um, Akron Adventures podcast, SnowDayProductions.com, um, and and see what they have in store for season two as well. Yeah. So thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Sure, you're it. quite yeah. welcome. Thank you yeah, guys. It was, it was great to have you on. It's great to talk to other podcasters too. Because yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's something I love doing, and I'm I'm glad others are. We have a pretty thriving podcast community. Yeah, I think so. We, we talked about maybe getting everybody together for some sort of summit or some sort of <laughs> a podcast super summit. podcast yeah. <laughs> Infinity Wars. We should. Podcast. That would be great. Chris, you would be Thanos. Okay, thank you. Oh, wow. sorry. Because I'm as old as Thanos. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're gonna say something, Cody. Uh, no. No. Well, I w- Well, now that you called me out, I will say I I forgot to mention that um. June 1st is coming up pretty soon, and June 1st is the last day uh, to register for Porch Rocker stuff. So if you want to be a band or a, uh, I'm sorry, a performer, a porch, a vendor, or a volunteer, make sure you try and sign up by uh, June 1st so that we can get you guys going on that. Okay. I just happen to remember that. Good to know because I still need to submit. Um, So there's something else going on. Um, What is it? This this it's going on this fall, but we're doing some workshops um, that weekend, June first and June third. I'm involved with a group that's that's putting together the Highland Square Film Festival, which is going to be the first of its kind, and it's going to be a film festival for shorts, five minutes or less, and it's open to anybody. So it's going to be like a entry level so anybody wants to go make a movie can go out and submit to this film festival the the submission fee is going to be really low and it's going to be um low barrier of entry uh so blue green me and a um woman mary Mullane is our we're we're teaching workshops for aspiring filmmakers um a three-part workshop on june 1st and june 3rd but i'll reveal more details about that as we release the information we're still putting everything together the film festival is going to take place in um late september uh, i think it's september 29th so something another cool. highland square kind of interesting uh, events so but yeah thank you so much um julie and casey for joining us and any parting thoughts before we <laughs> sign yeah. off. Not the last word. Um, no, I don't think. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is great. You're we also. Welcome. This is great. Thank yeah. you guys for being on. We really appreciate it. And as always, keep, keep it, it in Akron, Akron Day. Day.